What's up, everybody? How's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I'm Andrew for America. And today I wanted to do an episode for you guys about that a few a few podcasts back when I was talking about the CIA and MK Ultra, uh, I played that clip uh, about them, uh, you know, the CIA being responsible for releasing uh, dosing, uh, you know, thousands upon thousands of people with LSD. Uh, you heard that story, and I said uh, there was this other undercover. Uh, whatever, undercover history show, I think it was on History Channel, uh, and it, it told some really good stories too, and I couldn't find it, and I was looking for it, and anyway, I found it, and uh, today I'm going to play for you a couple clips from this show, uh, where you're going to learn about former CIA agent Frank Olson, and you're going to hear a very interesting story that kind of ties into the LSD story that you heard uh, in that previous podcast where I played that clip from, you know, America's Secret War, uh, Project MK Ultra, whatever. Uh, so here we go. Let's get the show started today. Um, this is the first part of Meet Frank Olson from this TV show. Here we go. The Statler Hotel on 7th Avenue. plunges to his death from the 13th floor. Night manager Armin Pastor is first to the scene. I rushed out and there I see uh, a body lying next to this partition. I never expected him to be alive, but he was laying there looking at me, trying to speak to me. A very earnest look in his eyes, wide open. Was it suicide or something more sinister? The man is 43-year-old Frank Olson, a biological weapons researcher for the Army at Fort Detrick, Maryland. What few yet know is that Frank Olson also worked for the CIA. Olson's subsequent death is just one mysterious piece in a far greater puzzle. One that would shock the average American had they only known. In the wake of World War II, the U.S. government is engaged in a large number of secret medical experiments designed to help win the Cold War. Exposing unknowing members of the public to biological and chemical agents. Developing techniques for mind control to create a so-called Manchurian candidate even planning assassinations on powerful third world leaders. What was the extent of these brainwashing experiments? How did the CIA become involved in such far-reaching and disturbing research? D-Day, the end of World War II, reveals the full extent of Nazi atrocities. In the concentration camps, Medical research on captives includes experiments with their minds as well as their bodies. 
The Germans were doing an experiment at Dachau on things like hypnosis and the use of drugs for interrogation to try and find out ways of controlling people, of making people tell against their will. An attempt to master the art of mind control. In the years that follow, the Cold War escalates at an alarming rate, with the superpowers competing for military and scientific supremacy. Espionage is the name of the game. The CIA embarks upon a multi-million dollar highly classified research program into the covert use of biological and chemical materials. An innocuous term for a frightening variety of unorthodox weapons. Bacteria to infect the enemy. Poisons for assassinations. Truth drugs for interrogations. Spearheading these undercover efforts is Dr. Sidney Gottlieb, head of the CIA's top secret chemical division. Gottlieb works closely with Army scientists at Fort Detrick, Maryland, developing biological weapons for the agency's use. Included in the medicine chest at Fort Detrick would have been anthrax, the plague, brucellosis, all the major diseases. In 1953, these special operations at Fort Detrick are headed up by Frank Olson. The week of Thanksgiving, Olson is in New York on a doctor's visit, but details are unclear. He never makes it home. His family learns of his death early Saturday morning. Olson's son, Eric, is nine at the time. And they basically said, you know, we have something we have to tell you and, and proceeded to say that my father had fallen or jumped out of a window in New York City. The story is as mystifying as it is devastating. There were no details, absolutely none. According to the medical report, Olson's neck and face are badly lacerated. At the funeral, the casket remains closed. And the explanation there was that they said he was too badly injured to be seen. Unbeknownst to the family, present at the funeral are two men from the CIA, Dr. Sidney Gottlieb and his deputy, Dr. Robert Lashbrook. There's something Olson's family doesn't yet know. Agent Lashbrook was in the New York hotel room when Olson fell out the window and died. The mysterious circumstances of Olson's death raise many questions. Some answers lie buried in his secret life, working for the CIA. Olson's specialty is aerosol delivery systems. But by 1953, his career has evolved into top secret research into germ warfare and more. Together, the CIA and the Army's Special Operations plan experiments on the dispersal of their new biological weapons. More than once, they simulate an attack on an entire city. One target, the nation's most populous metropolis, New York. The intention, to evaluate how easy it is to poison a city by releasing bacteria into the subway system. Staff from Fort Detrick, posing as industrial contractors, position themselves over the subway vents. They surreptitiously drop harmless bacteria onto the tracks, while monitoring agents wait to take samples throughout the network. 
turbulence from the trains quickly carries the germs through the tunnels, infecting the entire subway system in a matter of minutes. With a more lethal substance, a similar attack on an enemy city could be efficient and deadly. The CIA is not alone in its effort to develop new weapons against the communists. America forms a tripartite agreement with Canada and Great Britain, the three nations working together to win the Cold War. British research into biochemical warfare is carried out at the army base in Porton Down, southwest England. Porton Down led the world in biochemical research during the 30s and 40s. Porton Down knew about the attempt to infiltrate the subway system in New York. There was a constant exchange of information. It was very normal on any given day to find one or more American scientists at Porton Down. In May 1953, scientists at Porton Down are researching one of the most lethal nerve agents known to man, sarin. The experiments are conducted on military volunteers, but the young servicemen have no idea what they are letting themselves in for. And on the board, there was a separate notice typed, which said in so many words, volunteers wanted to help find a cure for the common cold. Those taking part will receive extra pay. By volunteering, Ken Earl becomes an unsuspecting guinea pig in the war against the Soviets. On May 4th at Porton Down, he and five other Air Force men are led into a small room by two technicians. We were told by the two men to roll up the left sleeve so the left arm was exposed. These two men then took two pieces of material and they taped them to our forearm. They then gave us each a respirator and that we were not under any circumstances to take off the respirator. And the door was sealed behind us. It was very, very pokey, a small building. And I found out since it was a gas chamber, which uh, puts the fear of death into you, of course. And this technician, with a vial and a pipette, went round each of us, and he dripped onto this piece of material 20 drops in two rows. And it was a colorless liquid, and I didn't know what it was. I didn't question it. The clear liquid is sarin nerve agent. It is quickly absorbed into the arm through the skin. The effects are immediate. I became absolutely claustrophobic. I didn't know what sheer terror there is in being trapped and not being able to breathe properly. You feel you can't breathe. I was sweating profusely. And I was just, I felt so ill. And I now, even today, I have nightmares about it. After half an hour, we were released, gasping and spluttering and sweating into the open air beautiful sunny May morning. Absolute bliss. What a wonderful thing to be alive. The corresponding paperwork clearly states the purpose of the experiment is to determine the lethal dose of sarin. They quickly get their answer. Two days later, another group of six had exactly the same thing done to them. But sitting in my seat was a young 20-year-old called Ronald Madison. And 
quite frankly, he was dead within 45 minutes, the most hideous death anybody can ever have. Foaming at the mouth, an ambulance driver described it as like frog spawn coming out of his mouth. Terrible death. Based on the dates in his passport and known previous visits to Porton Down, there is a good chance that Frank Olson witnesses this fatal experiment. According to investigative reporter Gordon Thomas, Olson voices his concerns to a man named William Sargent. Dr. Sargent was the most eminent psychiatrist in Britain. He ran the Department of Psychological Medicine in St. Thomas's Hospital. During the Cold War, Sargent's expertise is sought by both British and American intelligence. He would decide whether one of our agents, one of MI5 or 6 agents, was okay, whether you're going to blow the whistle or not. Frank Olson tells Sargent what he's seen at Porton Down. He told him, I've seen things that shouldn't be going on. Sargent apparently has doubts about Olson. Can the Americans still be trusted with top-secret research of the Cold War? Okay, so that is a very interesting story, isn't it? That uh, reminds me of a lot of things. And um, today I'm going to talk about the intelligence community. Uh, and when I say the intelligence community... I'm talking about the CIA, the FBI, and the NSA, and whatever and whatever other, you know, seventeen intelligence communities. You know, remember the, remember the, uh, <coughs> the uh, Russian uh, collusion. Uh, <laughs> you know, seventeen uh, intelligence communities agree that this happened. People, since when did the intelligence communities become the the you know, the bastion of truth and justice. <laughs> oh, man. I've told you people before, like, you know, you got to be gotta be very careful about the CIA, the NSA, the FBI, what they're doing. You got to be aware of what they're doing. I know it's all top secret and blah, 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 right? But anyway, so I want to talk about what exactly the intelligence community does and is. Um... <clears throat> if you remember back to the episode I did about um, Bill Gates when uh, Reverend Danny Jones was talking about um, Fort Detrick, Maryland being where um, all this research and CIA uh, stuff is going on and they bring up Fort Detrick again here in this clip too with the Frank Jones story. So definitely something going on in Fort Detrick, Maryland. You know, in this clip they say, you know, uh, you know, in this place they have all the major diseases. You know, remember when I told you guys there's a, you know, if you don't if you don't think that this is a plan on a shelf just waiting for the right opportunity uh, to show itself to roll out their whatever plan, you know, the whole COVID thing, people like, if you can't if you can't listen to this story that I'm about to tell you today and not say to yourself, wow. Not only is the intelligence community testing this stuff and willingly killing people in order to find the answers they're looking for, testing biological weapons, germ warfare, sarin gas, I mean, people, you know, th think about the context of the type of people that, uh, first of all, it takes in even to conduct research like this. And then... And then, you know, sit back and realize and, and allow to 
you know, become real in your mind. The fact that this stuff is happening and has happened in real life, in reality. This is not conspiracy theory, people. So, so far we've learned about Frank, uh, Frank Olson, CIA guy that apparently saw too much, was going to blow the whistle. Um, you know, he went to this guy, Sergeant. Sergeant's a creepy dude. And uh, I think Sergeant got a little worried about Mr. Frank Olson, thought he was going to blow the whistle. And consequently, the story uh, will continue. We're going to learn more about uh, why... Frank Olson fell out the window in New York City. <laughs> uh, so here we go. Let's uh, keep the story going. I just wanted to kind of touch on some points that uh, I was thinking about from that first clip. And today, that's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna, you know, I wanna, I wanna paint a picture for you guys about what the kind of stuff our beloved intelligence community is doing. You know, Biden asked recently. Oh, we're gonna ask the intelligence community to investigate the the origins of the coronavirus, <laughs> right? Uh, the, the intelligence community is the one that investigated uh, Trump and Russian collusion, right? <laughs> and they're all very honest, great storytelling. You know, they got all the facts straight, right? <laughs> this is the point I'm trying to tell you people. Like, everyone's human. Human beings are running this stuff. Human beings are doing this stuff. Stop putting people on a pedestal. All right, here we go. The Frank Olson story continues. Summer, 1953. Cold War paranoia grips America. In Europe, Frank Olson witnesses extreme interrogations at the hands of the CIA. His British confidant, William Sargent, no longer thinks Olson can be trusted. Frank Olson had an incredible storehouse of knowledge about top, top secret matters concerning biological weapons and substances. And as such, he would have been a person who there would have been great concern if he had started to talk publicly. As head of mind control research, Sidney Gottlieb is the one man who knows the full extent of Olson's knowledge. If Olson's been sharing state secrets, Gottlieb needs to know. He decides to conduct a little experiment of his own. Deep Creek Lodge in Maryland, Wednesday, November 18th, 1953. Frank Olson and six colleagues from Special Operations at Fort Detrick attend a clandestine meeting. They are joined by counterparts from the CIA, including Sidney Gottlieb and his deputy, Robert Lashbrook. According to CIA documents, after dinner on Thursday night, Gottlieb slips a small amount of LSD into a bottle of Cointreau. So according to Gottlieb, when I met him, they were concerned that what if uh, a scientist was kidnapped by the communists, and what if the enemy drugged that scientist, you know, would he be forthcoming and they were going to test this by staging a scientific meeting and drugging the participants. And that my father was just one of a number who got this drug. Allegedly, all but two of the scientists present are drugged unwittingly. 20 minutes later, 
Gottlieb tells them what he's done, and the meeting gradually deteriorates as the narcotic takes effect. But what happens after that remains disputed. Some believe Olsen is interrogated. When Olsen returns home, he is profoundly affected. He wasn't hallucinating or anything remotely like that. He was simply somber and was upset. He used that phrase that he'd made a terrible mistake and he had decided he wanted to quit his job. Instead of accepting Olson's resignation, his boss sends him to New York for psychiatric counseling. He's accompanied by Robert Lashbrook from the CIA. But the attending doctor, Harold Abramson, is not a psychiatrist. He's an allergist. He's been experimenting with LSD for the CIA's mind control research. The doctor's notes show several meetings with Olson over the course of the week. On the Friday evening, Olson calls home to his wife, Alice. He said he was feeling much better. He just wanted to reassure her and said he'd you know, look forward to seeing her the next day. But at 2 o'clock on Saturday morning, Frank Olson falls from the 13th floor of the hotel to the sidewalk below. The CIA claims it is suicide. They offer no explanation to the family, but secretly conclude it was triggered by the LSD given nine days previously. If William Sargent was right, and Frank Olson was a security threat to the agency, his death silences him forever. The secrets of the CIA's experiments remain safe for the time being. After the Korean War, disturbing new intelligence reaches Washington. Hundreds of American troops are still being held captive, subjected to brainwashing experiments, and then killed. Mind control research back home intensifies. The new goal is to cause an individual to become subservient to an imposed control to the point where he will perform acts against his will and then have no memory of the act. The search for a real-life Manchurian candidate begins. All right, so this is getting good, people. So first thing I want to say about that clip is, people, it's a big club. <laughs> and you're not in it. Remember the John Perkins book? I think I called him John Phillips in a previous podcast on accident, so here's another correction. Uh, uh, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, John Perkins talked about all this stuff too. About, you know, you can't, it's like the mafia, it's like the mob, you can't blow the whistle or they'll kill you. If they think you're going to spill your, your guts, they're, you know, they're going to spill your guts. <laughs> you know, I mean, you got to think about, you know, you know, war is hell, right? Remember we talked about that in the past, war is hell and it justifies, you know, a lot of the most terrible things the human that human beings, uh, you know, are capable of. It, it's, it creates a situation where people do absolutely horrible, uh, you know, commit horrible atrocities to each other. Um, and, you know, history shows us how the ruling class and the dictators and the kings of the past, they got no problem killing people in order to keep their power in place. And we are no different just because it's the 21st century doesn't mean that, you know, our government is the benevolent, amazing, you know, free of doing 
anything immoral, right? I don't know, man. You know, but what is it? What does this story go to show you so far? So, so they're willing to drug each other. If you're if you're in this uh, intelligence community, you know, like this is this is life or death stuff every day that they deal with and that they particip participate in. They got no problem killing their own people, their own team, uh, in order to keep their secrets. So, with that being said. Do you really find that the intelligence community are the people that we should be looking to to investigate? Um, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure that there are, there are good people. I'm sure that there are good, you know, like I said, like I always say, there's positives and negatives to everything. Not every situation and group of people and organization is all good or all bad. There's, you know, it's partially good, partially bad. I'm sure they do good work, but... The point I'm trying to make is that I just want you guys to think about, you know, what the what these groups are capable of with regard to, you know, masterminding and covering up world events in order to uh, further a goal and an agenda. So, and now they brought up Manchurian candidates and they talked about LSD again and mind control and people. Who knows how successful they are? You know, I think Operation Mockingbird is actually super successful uh, propaganda, dumbing down, brainwashing scheme. Like our media is is just the most. It's the most effective. I can't remember who said it, but I think it was like it might have been Chomsky actually. That was like you know you have to, or maybe it was even Carlin. You know, it, you have to just stand in awe at the successes of the PR industry. And the public relations and, and, you know, these people are literally fabricating fake reality and expecting people to believe it. That's their job. That's what, that's the name of the game. And that's the point I'm trying to get across to you. Uh, so let's, let's move on. Uh, here we go. Here's the next clip. Uh, moving into Manchurian Candidates, etc. Here we go. In the 1962 Hollywood classic, The Manchurian Candidate, Directed by John Frankenheimer, a hypnotized soldier is programmed to assassinate a presidential candidate. Like a clip from the movie, the CIA attempts to create its own Manchurian assassins using hypnosis and drugs. You create this new identity inside that's hidden from the main part of the person by an amnesia barrier. And then using an access code, you can call out this new identity for whatever mission purpose. To produce such an assassin, the CIA faces two main challenges. How to induce amnesia and how to program in new behavior. In 1957, Dr. Ewan Cameron, an eminent psychiatrist in Montreal, believes he has the answers. The agency sought him out because they had uh, noticed his work, in particular with two techniques, intensive electroshock, and uh, what he called psychic driving. Cameron applies his techniques under the guise of normal therapy. It's hard to say just how awful and horrendous what Cameron proposed and what our government financed was. It was a three-part technique which started with an effort to wipe out past patterns of behavior. And this was accomplished through the use of particularly intensive, repeated, high-level electroshocks until no more convulsions could be elicited from a patient. Cameron then plays tape-recorded messages through helmets that are locked to his patients' heads. 
This forces them to listen to repetitive statements for weeks on end to program in new behavior. Now the final phase was to try to wipe out all recollection of what had happened and that was accomplished by putting people to sleep for 30, 40 days accompanied by different kinds of cocktails of drugs. Now that's not any kind of therapy. That's a brainwashing experiment. For four years, the CIA fully funds Cameron's work, hoping to use his techniques to create a Manchurian candidate. Psychiatrists throughout the nation, at hospitals, prisons, and some of the top universities, are similarly on the agency's payroll. Every possible brainwashing technique is explored. One in particular consumes the agency for years. Hypnosis. One of the things the CIA was looking for was, could you give a person an order under hypnosis to assassinate someone else? That would have been a Manchurian candidate. But the assassin must not remember his act. You can take an ordinary person off the street, put him through basic training, get him to go out the field and shoot the enemy. The purpose of the hypnosis is not to get the person to go pull the trigger. It's so that they don't remember, so that if they're captured and interrogated, they can't talk about it. In 1968, an assassination takes place that seems to resemble a Manchurian operation. According to some, it is the work of a programmed assassin hypnotized by the CIA. Thanks to all of you, and now it's on to Chicago, and let's win there. June 4th, 1968, election night in the California Democratic primary. It's midnight and Senator Robert Kennedy delivers his victory speech in the Ambassador Hotel. He's ushered out through the crowded pantry. Suddenly, shots are fired. Twenty-six hours later, Kennedy is pronounced dead. As the gunman, 24-year-old Sirhan Bishara Sirhan, is led away, several witnesses notice his trance-like demeanor. He seemed to be in a daze. He didn't recollect any of the details of what he had just performed, and he couldn't explain it. He was told what he had done, and he was bewildered. Conspiracy theorists latch on to Sirhan's alleged memory loss. They are convinced Sirhan's a Manchurian candidate, hypnotized by the CIA to assassinate Kennedy. The culmination of two decades of mind control research. But why would the CIA want Robert Kennedy dead? Sirhan's attorney believes there are three motives. Number one, Vietnam. Bob Kennedy was diametrically opposed to the war in Vietnam. The ending of the war in Vietnam would have gone adversely to the bottom lines of some of the major uh, corporate entities in the United States who were making fortunes on that war. Reason number two, Cuba. Bob Kennedy himself had come to the conclusion that the time was ripe for a deal to be done with Castro and Cuba. And that was not making him very popular. And finally, his own brother's death. He was going to reopen the investigation of the assassination of his brother. That was making a lot of people edgy. Was Sirhan's mind hacked? Had he been hypno-programmed by the CIA?
So what does that remind you of? That reminds me of Zoolander. I talked about that in a previous podcast. Uh, you know, maybe you know, are were the was the CIA successful? Are are creating Manchurian candidates? Or is it a real thing? Is it real life? Who knows? Maybe. Uh, seems possible. With all these school shootings we've been having too, sometimes I wonder if there's Manchurian can- candidates involved in that. I wonder, sometimes I wonder if, you know, the intelligence community is just the uh, the movers and the shakers that make things happen wing of the big club. You running for office and you're you're bringing a message of peace and you're going to shut down the special interests and I'll blow the whistle on the secret societies and the conspiracy, uh, you know, blowing the whistle on the conspiracy. They they got rid of JFK. They got rid of Bobby Kennedy. They'll get rid of anybody. They did it all the way up and down every country in Central America during the Iran-Contras. John Perkins told you that he went down to Central American and South American countries and tried to get them to take loans on. And then, you know, in a previous podcast, I told you about the country of Guinea and how they're getting raped by um, Alcoa in the bauxite, mining the bauxite. This is the same story. This stuff happens all around the world, people. These are the methods of empire. I've talked about it before. Let's move on. Here we go. Before Sirhan's trial, psychiatrist Bernard Diamond examines him many times and believes he was being controlled by the CIA through hypnosis. That girl, I followed her. She led me to a dark planet. And Diamond was convinced that he was programmed. And this programming was very intensive and very, very deep into his psyche, and it has remained with him to this day. To this day, he doesn't know what happened. Programmed amnesia is the key ingredient to a Manchurian operation. Sirhan also claims he's been hypnotized before. He'd recently been studying the Rosicrucians, an ancient mystical order devoted to self-improvement. Hypnosis is one of the tools they teach for focusing the mind inward. Sirhan Sirhan described some self-hypnosis meditation type exercises, and his journals have a lot of repetition, 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 RFK must die, RFK must die, which looks to me like trance state repetition, focusing on the mission, focusing on the mission, focusing on the mission. The hypnotized Sirhan allegedly pulls out his gun on cue, but does not fire the fatal shot. You have to understand, so much pandemonium. It's almost as though Sirhan was programmed to distract the entire group that was there, allowing someone to do what had to be done in terms of actually killing Kennedy by shooting him in the back of the head. Ballistics evidence seems to support this claim. Kennedy is struck by three bullets all fired from the rear. The fatal shot is fired within inches of his skull, but Sirhan never gets that close. There's no account that pushes him any closer than three or four feet away from Bob Kennedy in the front of him. Adding to the alleged evidence for a conspiracy is the number of bullets fired. 
Kennedy is struck three times. Five bystanders are also hit, but several more bullet holes are identified in the doors and ceiling, suggesting at least 10 shots are fired. Sirhan's pistol, a 22 caliber, only holds eight rounds. More than eight bullets would require a second gun. Historian Mel Ayton has spent years investigating the assassination. He believes that Sirhan could have shot Kennedy at close proximity from behind, even while standing three feet in front of the senator. When Kennedy was moving through with the crowd, through the, through the pantry, uh, he turned to his left to shake hands with the kitchen workers. Kennedy reaches across with his right arm, presenting Sirhan with the right side of his body as a target. And then Robert Kennedy was shot under the armpit because obviously his arm was, his right arm was being raised as a defensive reaction. And then the arc of the gun was pursuing Kennedy's head as Kennedy was going down. To determine the number of bullets fired, Ayton sends acoustics expert Steve Barber a copy of the only complete audio recording to exist of the assassination. All of a sudden I hear pop, pop, pop. And then a blood-curdling, high-pitched female scream just after the shots. Two unidentified thumps occur just three seconds before the first pop. I rule thump number one completely out. It sounds like the microphone has bumped into something. Thump number two, I think, is either a door banging into a wall or a balloon exploding. A graph of the recording clearly shows a spike each time the gun is fired. Distinctly, eight bullets were fired. If the conspiracists believe there are more than eight gunshots, then they're going to have to explain the lack of those gunshots being captured on this recording. There is no doubt in Ayton's mind that Sirhan was the lone assassin and the CIA had nothing to do with it. By 1968, after investing millions of dollars, the agency abandons its research into programming a hypnotized assassin, concluding it can never work. You do not relinquish your will. You do not become a dupe, a patsy, or a mindless automaton, despite some public beliefs that this may be the case. In 1972, Sidney Gottlieb terminates the agency's research into the biological and chemical control of human behavior, citing its decreasing relevance to covert operations. The American public remains oblivious that the CIA's mind control program ever existed. But that is about to change. <laughs> and that's why it's a TV show, because then they, uh, they disavowed it. Uh, you know, they dismissed the program, it could never work, uh, you know, it, they concluded that it wasn't the CIA's fault. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, maybe you guys believe that? <laughs> you believe that they were unsuccessful and Manchurian candidates are, uh, are uh, you know, something of fantasy? Not possible? I don't know. I've I've talked about it in a previous podcast, you know, when they figured out how to put a box in everybody's home that could tell them any story they wanted to be told. I, that was the beginning of uh, 
some heavy uh, brainwashing, I would say. Constant, rep, uh, constant repetitive messages on all your news networks and in your commercials and very insidious, very just, you know, right under your noses. People don't even realize how effective it is. Uh, and here we go. This is the end of this show, and then I'm going to move on. We're going to talk about uh, Gary Webb and the CIA and the crack cocaine epidemic real quick. And then we're going to move on, and uh, I'm going to play some songs by one of my favorite uh, rap, hip-hop artists, uh, Immortal Technique. Uh, he has some great tunes, uh, and he discusses similar themes and we're going to get to that uh, later on. But here we go. Here's the end of this uh, clip about Frank Olson, the CIA, and Manchurian candidates. Here we go. On June 11, 1975, the Washington Post reports on a civilian scientist who was unwittingly given LSD and jumped from a Manhattan hotel window. No names are mentioned, but the Olsons immediately recognize the story of their father's death 22 years before. The source for the article describing Frank Olson's death is the Rockefeller Commission report. Triggered by Watergate, it's a presidential inquiry into illegal domestic activities by the CIA. The Olsons decide to sue the agency for their father's wrongful death. And within 10 days, we were sitting in the Oval Office of the White House getting an apology from Gerald Ford himself. The family received $750,000 for Frank Olson's death. Spurred by the media reports, Congress launches its own investigation into the CIA, chaired by Senator Frank Church. Sidney Gottlieb and Robert Lashbrook are summoned to testify. Had a, a hypnotist uh, do some experiments primarily to see uh, what the limitations of hypnosis might be. Can you make a person do something under hypnosis that he would not ordinarily do? The revelations are staggering. Eighty institutions have been contracted by the CIA for mind control research, costing taxpayers the equivalent of nearly $40 million today. The committee concludes the agency demonstrated a fundamental disregard for the value of human life. Former CIA director Richard Helms reveals that in 1973, he instructed Sidney Gottlieb to destroy all records pertaining to the mind control experiments. But some documents managed to escape the shredder. You can be sure in any government agency there's always an accountant somewhere who has got an extra set of the documents and the financial records included program descriptions and project proposals. Among the files released by the agency, are several internal memos written immediately after Frank Olson's death. The documents describe the incident at Deep Creek Lodge as a mild experiment using a very small dose of LSD, targeting all but two of the men at the meeting. Apparently, no one had an abnormal reaction to the drug. But there's also a memo from CIA consultant Harold Abramson who saw Olson the following week. According to him, the experiment had in fact been designed specifically to trap Frank Olson. The contradictions plague Eric Olson for many years. He is convinced there was foul play at hand. In his quest for answers, 
he finally turns to the one man he knows he can trust, his father. When the backhoe started digging in his early June morning, 1994, I thought, yes, finally, we're going to open this thing up. Supervising the exhumation is forensics expert, Professor James Stars. The body was, as I would say, uh, in unusually well-preserved uh, condition. One thing is immediately apparent. There were no lacerations evident on his face and head. This is in direct contrast to the medical report and the story told to the Olsons. There was something else the CIA didn't want the family to see. What is present, but not mentioned in the medical report, is a large bruise above the left eye. But Olson hit the ground feet first, and then fell backwards. Could have been that someone did, as we anticipated initially, cause him, uh, hit him on the head, uh, rendering him unable to protect himself, and then did the inevitable, threw him out the window. If true, then Frank Olson was murdered. During his investigation, Eric Olson makes an alarming discovery. The same year Frank Olson dies, the CIA publishes its first assassination manual. And that assassination manual specified the ideal way in which you murder somebody but you make it look like an accident and the best way they said to do this was from a fall from a high window at least 75 feet and they said you should stun the subject that's the verb stun the subject before dropping them with a blow to the temple above one of the eyes the pattern was identical in every respect to what we found and, and what we interpreted from the remains of dr olson I think that Frank Olson was intentionally, deliberately, with malice aforethought, thrown out that window. But investigative reporter John Marks disagrees. I spent an incredible amount of time researching this question. I never found any evidence at all that Olson was pushed out that window. I think you have to face the facts here that when you're doing this kind of government illegal, immoral, top secret work, you have to be prepared to face the consequences which include disposal of problematic people. Well, what other cover story can you tell besides suicide? Frank Olson's children say that when they first learned LSD had led him to his death, they were relieved that suicide was not really his idea. Then they became angry. They are still angry. Over 60 years after Frank Olson's death, his sons, Eric and Niels Olson, continue to seek justice for their father. We intend to sue the Central Intelligence Agency for the wrongful death of my father. In so doing, we hope the full story of Frank Olson's death will emerge. The court case, filed in November 2012, accused the CIA of concealing the truth about their father's death in 1953. If the court challenged the CIA to open its files, the Olsons might find the missing pieces to the puzzle. The Olson family argued that their prior settlement was received under a false assumption. 
that the CIA had provided all relevant documents surrounding Frank Olson's death. But after months in deliberation, in 2013, U.S. District Judge James E. Bosberg ruled that the case must be dismissed. The $750,000 settlement received in 1975 and the decades delay in filing the suit left Bosberg unable to process the case any further. The Olson family could not sue the U.S. government. In the fight against communism, the government sacrificed the rights of many individuals, including Frank Olson and his family. During the Cold War, it seemed that almost everything was justified, and if you were against it, you weren't patriotic. In the climate of the Cold War, or in all of human history, the basic motto is war is hell. And you've got to do a lot of bad stuff, and a lot of people die and get hurt. But we justify it because we need to do what we need to do to protect America. This is the bind that we're in as a culture. What can we justify in the name of national security? Can we justify medical atrocities? Apparently. It is a dark chapter in America's history, the full details of which we may never know. Yeah, I'd say. I'd say it is a dark chapter indeed. Um... You know, I love what he said there about suicide, though. He's like, you know, if that's if that's really what they're doing, if they're covering up murders, uh, what other cover story can you tell but suicide? What does that make you think of, people? It makes me think of Seth Rich. It makes me think of Anthony Bourdain. It, it makes me think of Chester Bennington. And it makes me think of Chris Cornell. <laughs> It makes me think of all of the people who left us too soon, unexpectedly. No follow-up from any official arbiter of truth or any uh, organization that holds the monopoly on force in this country. The police, the FBI, the CIA, the NSA. They are the gatekeepers. They are deciders of right and wrong. They are the deciders of history, people. And you heard some familiar words in there, right? Uh, the Sirhan guy uh, <clears throat> was a Rosicrucian, and they like uh, <clears throat> they discuss hypnosis quite a bit in their uh, philosophies. Found that to be interesting. Also talked about the Rockefeller Report. You've heard that name before. You know, the Kissingers of the world, the big club. All these stories I've been telling you on this podcast, people. We're talking about the big club. And the unbelievable amount of power that these people and these groups and these organizations and these governments hold over not only the United States, but uh, ever increasingly the world. With every passing day. We're just getting closer, one step closer. So that's that. Just wanted to kind of paint you guys a little another picture about what uh, the CIA uh, has done in the past, uh, the kind of things that they uh, per have participated in and the war effort or whatever justification they give. You know, they're going to find a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. And um, 
you know, don't be surprised if they uh, at one point in time decide to uh, turn their war inward, like I've said before, and start uh, waging some war on the American people. People are already are already writing books about that very thing. Uh, Mr. I think his name was John Whitehead. Uh, in a previous podcast, I talked about his story and his book about tyranny and divine conquer agendas working. Oh, people. All right, so uh, back in <clears throat> the 80s during the Iran-Contras, I'm sure you people have heard about, um, you know, there were a lot of people are saying that they were running drugs, uh, you know, dumping crack cocaine into the inner cities. Uh, and getting uh, African-American people, amongst others, hooked on the drug. Uh, and the money they used the money to pay for the war efforts and overthrowing little dictators in third world countries in Central America, etc. You guys have heard the story, right? Well, there was an officer named Gary Webb uh, who lost his life for blowing the whistle on this stuff. And these stories... When you look back through history, people, you can find many of them. The Seth Rich story, the Gary Webb story, amongst many others. And I just wanted to read this little blurb. In 1996, Gary Webb exposed how the CIA hired drug traffickers to sell massive amounts of cocaine in the United States in order to raise untraceable funds to finance a terrorist organization who were trying to overthrow the Nicaraguan government. These massive shipments of cocaine ultimately sparked the crack epidemic that decimated inner cities during the uh, 1990s. As a result, mainstream media vilified Gary Webb and destroyed his career, which also destroyed his marriage. But he refused to back down. In 2004, he was found dead with two bullet wounds to his head, and his death was ruled a suicide. (laughs) See, people? Same story. This man literally lost everything to give us a glimpse of the truth. Don't let his memory or what he stood for fade from your memory, people. Uh, He could have easily been, you know, Edward Snowden could have easily been Gary Webb if they would have caught him. If Julian Assange gets extradited, he's probably, it's over, it's probably curtains for him. The good die young, and devils get to live forever, people. Anyone who's bringing a message of peace and love and unity, the big club ain't having it, people. The intelligence uh, communities aren't having it. They're going to use the celebrities to get to you. They're going to use the TV to get to you. The advertising, the propaganda. They're going to use the fear to keep you scared. Keep us separated, divide and conquer. Man, they got us by the fucking balls, people. And anyway, moving on. Let's uh, let's play some music. So today, this episode is entitled The Intelligence Community and Immortal Technique. And we're not going to have any punk rock music today on the show because I'm going to play for you uh, a few Immortal Technique songs that I love. And I want you guys to pay very close attention to the lyrics. Uh, I'm not going to read through all of them because there's just way too many of them. And uh, you guys can listen to the songs over and over again. And I'm sure you can look up the lyrics online. Um, I don't want to try to, uh, I don't want to ruin 
uh, how good of a lyricist Immortal Technique is. Uh, but he has a lot of songs that uh, talk about the very topics I'm talking about today. And that's why I wanted to play him on this podcast today. So this first song is by, or is well, obviously it's by Immortal Technique, but it's called Cause of Death. And then it's going to lead into another song called Peruvian Cocaine. And I want you guys to pay very close attention to the lyrics and listen to what this man is saying. So here we go. Without further ado, Immortal Technique. Immortal Technique. Revolutionary Volume 2 Yeah Broadcasting live From Harlem, New York Let the truth be known You better watch what the fuck flies out of your mouth Or I'ma hijack a plane and fly it into your house Burn your apartment with your family Tied to the couch and slit your throat So when you scream, only blood comes out I doubt that there could ever be a more wicked MC Cause AIDS infested child molesters aren't sicker than me I see the world for what it is Beyond the white and the black The way the government downplays historical facts Cause the United States sponsored the rise of the Third Reich Just like the CIA trained terrorists how to fight Build bombs and sneak box cutters onto a flight When I was a child, the devil himself bought me a mic But I refused to offer cause God sent me to strike With skills unused like fallopian tubes and a dyke My words will expose George Bush and Bin Laden As two separate parts of the same seven-headed dragon And you can't fathom the truth so you don't hear me You think Illuminati's just a fucking conspiracy theory? That's why conservative racists are all running shit And your phone is tapped by the federal government So I'm jamming frequencies in your brain when you speak to me Technique a ripper rapper to pieces and Decently pack weapons illegally Cause I'm never hesitant Sniper scoping a commission Controlling the president Father forgive them for they don't know Right from wrong The truth is set you free Written down in a song And the song has the cause of death Written in code The word of God brought to light That'll save your soul Save your soul motherfucker Save your soul Pentagon for self-incriminating evidence of Republican manufactured white powder pestilence, Marine Corps flak vest with the guns and ammo, spitting bars like a demon stuck inside a piano, turn a Sambo into a soldier with just one line, so here's the truth about the system that'll fuck up your mind, they gave Al-Qaeda six billion dollars in 1989 to 1992, and now the last chapters of revelations are coming true, and I know a lot of people find it hard to swallow this cause subliminal bigotry makes you hate my politics but you act like america wouldn't destroy two buildings in a country that was sponsoring bombs dropped on our children i was watching the towers and though i wasn't the closest i saw them crumble to the earth like they were full of explosives and they thought nobody noticed the news report that they did about the bombs planted on the george washington bridge four non-arabs arrested during the emergency and then it disappeared from the news permanently they dubbed the tape of osama and they sent it 
was proof Jealous of our freedom, I can't believe you bought that excuse Rocking a motherfucking flag don't make you a hero We're the ground zero, the devil crept into heaven God overslept on the 7th, the new world order was born on September 11th Them for they don't know right from wrong The truth is set you free Written down in a song And the song has the cause of death Written in code The word of God brought to light That'll save your soul Save your soul, motherfucker Save your soul just so conservatives don't take it to heart I don't think Bush did it Cause he isn't that smart He's just a stupid puppet Taking orders on his cell phone From the same people that sabotage Senator Wellstone The military industry Got it popping and locking Looking for a way to justify The Wolfowitz doctrine And as a matter of fact Rumsfeld, now that I think back Without 9-11 You couldn't have a war in Iraq Or a defense budget of world conquest proportions Kill freedom of speech And revoke the right to abortion, tax cut extortion, a blessing to the wealthy and wicked, but you still have to answer to the Armageddon, you scripted, and Dick Cheney, you fucking leech, tell him your plans about building your pipelines through Afghanistan, and how Israeli troops train the Taliban in Pakistan, you might have some house niggas fooled, but I understand, colonialism is sponsored by corporations, that's why Halliburton gets paid to rebuild nations, tell me the truth, I don't scare into paralysis, I know the see Saw Bin Laden on dialysis in 98 when he was top 10 for the FBI Government ties is really why the government lies Read it yourself instead of asking the government why Cause then the cause of death will cause the propaganda to die He's scheduled for 60 minutes next. He's going on French, British, Italian, Japanese television. <clears throat> People everywhere are starting to listen to him. It's embarrassing. I've heard whispers about the financial support your government receives from the drug industry. Well, the irony of this, of course, is that this money, which is in the billions, is coming from your country. You see, you are the major purchaser of our national product, which is, of course, cocaine, cocaine. On one hand, you're saying the United States government is spending millions of dollars to eliminate the flow of drugs onto our streets. At the same time, we are doing business with the very same government that is flooding our streets with cocaine. Mm -hmm. see, see. Let me show you a few of the other characters that are involved in this uh, tragic comedy. I'm a 
born the border of Bolivia Working for pennies, treated like a slave The poker fields have to be ready The spirit of my people is starving, broken and sweaty Dreaming about revolution, looking at my machete But the workload is too heavy to rise up in arms And if I ran away, I know they'd probably murder my moms So I pray to Jesucristo when I go to the mission Process the cocaine paste and play my position Okay, listen, Juan Valdez, just get me my product Before we chop off your hands for workers' misconduct I got the power to shoot a cop up and not get charged And it would be sad to see your family in front of a firing squad So to feed your kids, I need these bricks Forty tons in total, let me test it indeed I, shit, this is good, pass me a tissue And don't worry about them, I paid off the official Yo, it don't come as a challenge, I'm the son of some of the phallus Elected by my people, the only one on the ballot Born and bred to consult with feds I laugh at fate and assassinate my predecessor to have his place In a third world fashion state, lock the nation With 90% of the wealth and 10% of the population A central intelligence agency takes weight faithfully The finest type of China, white and cocaine you'll see Honey, I'm home, never mind when your bank account suddenly grown it Funny, we're so out of this debt for this money we owe with ya When have I told you that I had two governments overthrown To keep our son enrolled in a private school to keep our tummy swollen Come on, a fucking home was built on a foundation of bloody throats The hungry stolen of their souls Of course this country's running coke I took a stunning oath to hush the ones who know The CIA conducts the flow for these young hustlers that lust for I gold I go work in the hood Hit my connect That's what's really good And supply work to the hood These shoes fucking crack me up Scrutinized like we inferior Petrified when we meet in my area My dudes will shoot till I say so You got the loot, give me the yay yay Like ice troops, so don't play with my yay yo we won't stop you, you bastards My street scramblers chopping and bagging Taking pictures and tapping phones Debating snitches and cracking codes Fast to cuff or blast the fall On any hustler stacking dough Just pump the crack a blow And my overtime is where your taxes go A game you trust Get you the hand weight to us Cause we paid up front on the low With cameras taping you Getting pop away The prison sentences doom Make the collar to leave with two keys Out the evidence room with my fame Truck boat a plane they watching you you got work, they coppin' too, we control blocks, they locked countries and own companies, we had nice cars and sneaker money, now it's players out there talking about they holdin', put bucks in they house like they down south with windows open, your dough ain't long, you wrong, you take shorts and soon, feds just be up in your mouth, like forks and spoons, so enjoy the rush, live plush off coke bread, soon you'll be in a cell with me, like Jenny Lopez, and it's cool, I was a bully, now life is fully a joke, I keep afloat on a boat for Peruvian coke, Players do favors for governors and tax makers Fat Quakers smoke crack and sex acts with bad mayors The walls got ears, you big mouths probably scared Not prepared to do years like Javier The story just told is an example of the path that drugs take On their way to every neighborhood in every state in this country It's a lot deeper than the niggas on your block so when they point the finger at you, brother man, this is what you gotta tell them. I'm not guilty. You're the one who's guilty. The lawmakers, the politicians, the Colombian drug lords, all you who lobby against making drugs legal, just like you did with alcohol during the prohibition. You're the one who's guilty. I mean, come on, let's kick the ballistics here. Ain't no Uzis made in Harlem. Not one of us in here owns a poppy feed. This thing is bigger than immortal technique. This is big business. This is the American way. All right. So that's a little bit of immortal technique. And I love that guy. I love his lyrics. 
Uh, one of the most searing lyricists I think the world has ever seen. He's amazing. And uh, to end the show today, I'm going to play one more Immortal, Immortal Technique song. Uh, this song's called Bin Laden, and this is him talking about 9-11 and Bush and the Bin Ladens. And it is another searing indictment, <laughs> uh, to say the least. So thanks for listening. Uh, this has been episode 41 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast, The Intelligence Community and Immortal Technique. And I hope I'm painting a, a very clear picture for you today about the people that run the monopoly on force, the intelligence community, the military, the Department of Defense, uh, the joint AI uh, committee or whatever it is, um, DARPA, the mad scientists that uh, all operate out of Fort Detrick, Maryland. <laughs> oh, people. Thanks for listening. I love you guys. Here we go. Uh, this is Immortal Technique with the song Bin Laden. Man, you hear this bullshit they be talking? Every day, man. It's like these motherfuckers is just like professional liars. You know what I'm saying? It's wow. Listen, Bin Laden didn't blow up the projects. It was your nigga. Tell the truth, nigga. Bush knocked down the tower. Tell the truth, nigga. Bush knocked down the tower. Tell the truth, nigga. Bin Laden didn't blow up the projects. It was your nigga. Tell the truth, nigga. Bush knocked down the tower. Tell the truth, nigga. Bush knocked down the tower. Pledge no allegiance, nigga, fuck the president's speeches I'm baptized by America and covered in leeches The dirty water that bleaches your soul and your facial features Drowning you in propaganda that they spit through the speakers And if you speak about the evil that the government does The Patriot Act attract you to the type of your blood They try to frame you and say you was trying to sell drugs And throw a federal indictment on niggas to show you love This shit is run by fake Christians, fake politicians Look at their mansions and look at the conditions you live in All they talk about is terrorism on Television, they tell you to listen, but they don't really tell you their mission. They funded Al Qaeda, and now they blame the Muslim religion. Even though Bin Laden was a CIA tactician, they gave him billions of dollars, and they funded his purpose. Fahrenheit 9/11, that's just scratching the surface. Bin Laden didn't blow up the projects. It was your nigga. Tell the truth, nigga. Bush knocked down the tower. Tell the truth, nigga. Bush knocked down the tower. Tell the truth, nigga. Bin Laden didn't blow up the projects. It was your nigga, tell the truth, nigga. Push knock down the tower. Tell the truth, nigga. Push knock down the tower. Say the rebels in Iraq still fight for Saddam But that's bullshit, i show you why it's totally wrong Cause if another country invaded the hood tonight It'd be warfare through Harlem and Washington Heights I wouldn't be fighting for Bush or white America's dream I'd be fighting for my people's survival and self-esteem I wouldn't fight for racist churches from the south, my nigga I'd be fighting to keep the occupation out, my nigga You ever clock someone who talks shit or look at you wrong? Imagine if they shot at you and was raping your moms And of course Saddam Hussein had chemical. Weapons. We sold them 
that shit After Ronald Reagan's election Mercenary contractors fighting a new era Corporate military banking off the war on terror They controlling the ghetto with the fear of attack Trying to distract the fact that they engineering the crack So I'm strapped like Lee Malvo holding a sniper rifle These bullets are touch your kids And I don't mean like Michael Your body be sent to the morgue Stripped down and recycled I fire on house niggas that support you and like you Cause innocent people get murdered in the struggle daily And poor people never get shit and struggle daily This ain't no alien conspiracy theory This shit is real Written on a dollar underneath the Masonic seal Y'all don't rap for dead presidents I'd rather see the president dead It's never been said but I said precedence Bin Laden blow up projects It was your nigga Tell the truth nigga Push knock down the towers Tell the truth nigga Push knock down the towers Tell the truth nigga Bin Laden blow up projects It was your nigga Tell the truth nigga Thanks for listening, guys. That was Bin Laden by Immortal Technique with a little cameo, a couple little cameo parts from Eminem, the man himself. Thanks for listening. Send me an email, andrew4america1984 at gmail.com. Please check out the website, politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com. If you like the podcast, please share the podcast. Tell your friends. Spread the word. I'd really appreciate it. If you want to throw me a couple bucks, uh, go to the website, and uh, there's a donate button there on the bottom. You can donate some money to the show. Uh, In the future, I'm going to have some merch coming out. Probably going to make some t-shirts, maybe some stickers, fun stuff like that. Um, hope you guys are liking the show and, uh, I'm going to keep it going. I'm going to keep it going. So thanks again, everybody. Good night. Love you guys. We'll see you next time.